With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, Kings fans, and welcome to episode number 61 of the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Episode 61. Man, we've been around for a while. Anyways, we're all in a super, super good mood today, and we're going to let you know why, which I'm sure you already know. But anyways, I'm Scott Kinville, and of course, the three amigos are back together again. So why waste time with any more talk, and we'll just bring them right in. First of all, the man who is our leader here at Hockey Royalty. He's uh, the one, the only, there's no other way to describe him, Mr. Ryan Sykes. What's up, buddy? Hey, Scott. I had an energy drink before we came on here, so I'm kind of bouncing off the walls right now, <laughs> and my left eye is twitching. I was going to ask you why your camera's shaking. <laughs> don't mind me. I'm just rocking back and forth in the corner here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. If you fall over, we'll call 911. How's that? Okay. You'll respond. <laughs> Well, I'm going to need a plane, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and the other part of this hockey triumvirate, he is, of course, the emperor of analytics here at Hockey Royalty, the Count of Corsi, the Prince of PDO, the rising star of LA Kings Twitter. He is Mr. Russell Morgan. What's up, Russ? What's up, Scotty? What's up, guys? Yeah, it's a great week in LA Kings land. And it it's a good good sports day, too. You got the NFL draft, baseball's mm-hmm. coming along, and Kings are in the playoffs. Good times. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Even though I got to tell you guys, I'm a Rams fan, so we really don't care about the NFL draft because you don't you don't have any picks, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they released the, they released that trailer and they don't have a pick to the third round. It's so funny. <laughs> well, they just wanted an extra day off. Then, so. <laughs> 
Oh boy. So let's let's start with a recap of last night. So last night our Kings were in Seattle to face the well, the newest expansion team, the, the Kraken at the uh, Climate Pledge Arena, which I got to tell you, I didn't realize until watching that game last night, that is kind of a cool arena. Mm-hmm. I like how they got that window, that big window. that, And I didn't realize it was built right into the ground. Yeah, center oh, down. And the window and the two jumbotrons, too, on each side. That's kind of interesting yeah. dynamic. Yeah, that was kind of neat. That, that really was. But um, but anyways, our, uh, our Kings started off a little bit slow, suffice to say. And uh, but then second half of the game, they turned it on and they ended up winning the game five to three. So, guys, your thoughts on that game? Yeah, it was kind of we were talking about this before we hopped on here. I just like was thinking, man, like this game doesn't really matter. Like, what do I do? I felt like Ricky Bobby during that interview. Like, what do I do with my hands? Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do here. <laughs> like, and then and then as the game gets going, you're like, okay, let's get a win here. Like, you yeah. you like you're you're like rooting for for the Kings to. Well, W, but yeah, the, the Kings sat five players, which was, I guess, kind of expected. Um, I believe it was Kopitar, Ayafalo, Kempe, Brown, and Edler, mm-hmm. um, which it seems like that was really necessary in terms of, especially players like Alex Edler, um, Kopitar, who's got a lot of miles on their legs. So to have them like fully rested coming in the next week against Edmonton, I think that was just the right move. And then, so it, it was good because you got to see players that haven't gotten a chance in, uh, lately. Uh, Gabe Velarde had an excellent game with three points. Leah Anderson, who hasn't skated, we, who knows what his future is. And then Mikey Anderson got his first tapes back in the lineup after injury. Um, that's so-so game. I mean, Kings pull out the W, which is great. He wanted, Getting them to 100 points in the season would be incredible where sure. they were at um, beforehand these last couple of years. Um, but... I think I was really mostly watching to see how Jonathan Quick was, which he looked pretty good. Um, the defense didn't really play that well in front of him, so there was a yep. little bit of lapses, and they kind of let him down a little bit. But he made some key, key saves, and he looks ready for the playoffs. So to give him some rest until um, whenever the series starts is great. And then uh, Mikey Anderson, I thought I thought he had a little bit of a shaky game, which was kind of expected. I mean, it's his first game back after a little while. But I was surprised that he got 24 minutes of ice time. Man, mm-hmm. they really didn't just kind of – kidding keep him like like they just let him loose really to into the game and there were some shaky uh, parts uh, throughout the game for him so it'll be interesting to see what the decision is on the left side um come game one yeah that jordan eberly goal was pretty bad by him and he's kind of playing the puck on maddie veneers and eberly came uh streaking through the slot there and basically got to walk right up to quick and <laughs> risk yeah. past him um but yeah i think kind of the key moment in that game was that five on three uh, penalty kill guys, mm-hmm. you know, it was what a minute 19 or something like that. You killed that off in 42 seconds of five on four. They killed that off. Perfect five for five last night. And they've killed off 31 of their last 37 um, actually for the month. So I think that's like 83, almost 84%. Um, I was doing the math late at night. Uh, but yeah, quick overall in the month in eight games, he's got a 915 save percentage and a 2.00 goals against average. That's exactly what you want from him going into the playoffs. It's probably, he's going to get a much, um, a well-deserved rest tonight with Cal Peterson going. I, you know, I had a lot of, a lot of people were asking me, you know, like, why is Cal or uh, excuse me, why is quick going? Why are they playing him? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I kind of always figured that they were going to have, Quick and Cal play in the back-to-back. If you start quick now, you give him one more day between Monday or whenever the series starts. 
Um, and then he still gets that game action, and he saw 40 shots too. He, the Kraken could have arguably scored like five, six, seven goals the way that thing was um, kind of going. You know, the second period saw five goals between the two teams just back and forth. But, yeah, I mean, to your original thought there, the Kings go down 2 nothing in a game that doesn't mean anything, but there I am on the couch, like, getting irrationally mad. Like, <laughs> right? come on, guys. <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you, I mean, it's all semantics, but I was actually surprised that Cal Peterson didn't play against Seattle and Quickie plays tonight against Vancouver, tonight being Thursday, for the simple reason that we don't know when exactly the Edmonton series is going to start yet whether probably Monday, maybe Tuesday. And, you know, again, you're talking about one day. But to keep him in that game rhythm, you don't want to wait too long because sure. the way he's been, and especially this way is with goaltenders, right? They, they got to be in that rhythm. So, again, it, it's really like a minor kind of thing. And I'm sure, you know, it, it's not going to make a huge difference in the grand scheme of things. But it also – you know, five days off potentially here uh, could screw up anybody's rhythm. But there and again, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on, the Evan Stroller is going to be dealing with that same thing. Yeah, and I mean, you can make the same case about the five players that sat out last night, and they're probably going to sit out tonight, I would guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it would have been interesting because if Quick didn't play last night, he wouldn't have seen the Kraken at all this year. For as long as he's been in the league – he would have had to wait until his con- his uh, contract year to see the Seattle Kraken. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe, right? Yeah, I'll I think see, what, it, see I, what happens. But. Yeah, I think starting quick though just made the most sense. I mean, you don't want to give Cal Peterson the back to back, and you want to keep get quick in game shape. So to give him that extra day rest in terms of playing against Seattle instead of Vancouver seemed to make a little bit of sense to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be. Tonight will be – we're recording this, let's say, Thursday. And tonight will be an interesting game to see how Cal Peterson does because I, who knows? You never know how the playoffs go. Cal Peterson might have to be called upon at some point during the first round or however far the Kings go in the playoffs. So he'll have to have his game solidified too um, going into the, the first round. But, yeah, just to go back to Quickie, I thought, I thought he looked good. So to see that from him and to give him that extra rest – We've seen the Kings kind of play in these bad games against, like, that game against Colorado, the game against Boston, these games where they kind of get blown out, and they're able to bounce back really well. So I'm not really that concerned with resting these players or goalie like Jonathan Quick and then expecting them to be back up to their game form because I, I, they've shown they're capable of doing that. So and it's also, it's also funny because the Kings haven't been here, so it's like, we always yeah. see it happening in the NFL where these teams clinch spots and they're like, okay, do we rest these players or <laughs> what do we do? And now it's like, who knows what you do at this point? So now that we yeah. the Kings finally have the opportunity, I think they're doing it the right way. So, I mean, who knows if it actually will work come uh, game one on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, yeah and I do. I, yeah, sorry, Scott, just real quick. I do think tonight is important for Cal's confidence. Like you said, Russ, he might be, if in the event that he is called upon, you know, he hasn't had the greatest month. Um, I got his splits up right now, 856 save percentage, 4.48 goals uh, against average uh, in four games this month. And, you know, quick, what I think that was a seventh straight start last night. Say that, seven, say, seven straight <laughs> start um, last night. 
So I think it's important for Cal to have a good showing despite it being another meaningless game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, to your point, Ross, actually, yes, the, the Kings haven't made the playoffs in a while, but boy, is there a heck of a lot of playoff experience, both on you know on the players' bench and behind the bench, too. Yeah. I mean, this certainly is not Todd McClellan's first rodeo as far mm-hmm. as the playoffs go. And the same thing can be said for guys like Kobe, Brownie, Alex Edler. So, you know, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. It, it's a, a sort of a new experience, but it's not at the same point. Um, and I think they're they're going to be just fine. And I think the smart thing to do was to rest. And actually, I wouldn't mind it if they rested Kopi and Brownie and, and Edler another game tonight. I, I, it would not bother me one bit. Yeah. yeah I mean, I guess we'll, we'll kind of touch on it over the summer and stuff too, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Gabe Velarde and Leah Sanderson uh, this summer, you know, Gabe Velarde registered his first three point uh, night in the NHL last night, but he also didn't play for the last two weeks. Um, Started the first seven games of the season was a healthy scratch for the eighth, uh, went down to the AHL to be converted as a winger, came back up, you know, analytically he looked, solid and he had what two goals in the 16 games before sitting um for what four or five games whatever that was um but he just wasn't producing enough so i guess going from now and into the postseason into the summer i'm really curious to see what they do with gabe velarde and leah sanderson who is a an rfa isn't it amazing that we are now right back to musical chairs again this offseason yeah, I, they are going to have to. They're going to have to clear up some of the, uh, I guess, the passengers is what Russ said originally at the start right. of the season mm-hmm. or near the start of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, yeah. there's other things too. I mean, you got to think about you know Andreas happened to see you. Are they going to bring him back? I mean, if, what are they going to do? Keep signing him on like the one year contracts to see how this plays <laughs> out every single season, right. you know? But uh, guys, let's let's talk about the game that actually made all this excitement happen, which was Tuesday night. In Dallas, Texas, uh, the showdown between the the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars with basically seasons hanging in the balance. Um, It's kind of funny that, oh, let's see, 99% of the hockey world was a Dallas Stars fan that night. Uh, (laughs) Maybe 99 and a half. (laughs) Um, But uh, the Vegas Golden Knights lost in the shootout. It was what what that went like eight eight or nine rounds, didn't it? Seven, I think. Seven. Okay, well, forgive me. I'm getting old. Anyways, (laughs) uh, but, I mean, Vegas' season held on by a thread because they did make it to the shootout. However, what that meant was our L.A. Kings did clinch the third and final spot in the Pacific Division. So, guys, what what do we think about Vegas not making the playoffs? Because they were eliminated last night. So, it's Um. it's – hugely detrimental to the future of the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, this team was fully expected to not only compete for a Stanley Cup, but they're expected to win the Stanley Cup this season. When you trade for a player like Jack Eichel and you trade away players like Alex Tuck, who have been contributors to your team and been since day one, and young gun like Peyton Krebs, who is a first-round pick and is playing lights out in Buffalo, I mean, you have to make strides and make noise in the playoffs and for them to not even make the playoffs man that's that's bad that's there's a lot of bad stuff happening in vegas and i I was it was weird because we talked about this scotty at the beginning of the year like if if vegas didn't make the playoffs 
there's going to be a lot of change happening for them in the offseason, and, and it's necessary change because if you look at their cap situation, I believe they're like $11 million over the cap. So mm-hmm. who stays, who goes? The, the Jack Eichel trade just never made sense to me. It never did. You, you already had really good chemistry and those glue guys. So to bring in a player like Jack Eichel with all the drama surrounding him, it just for, – for a team that loves drama, it oh, just – that's why. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> I mean, for them it made sense because they, they, they were always going for the high-profile names. They, they see a, a name like Alex Petrangelo available. They're going to grab him. They saw Jack Eichel available. They grabbed him. But it hasn't worked out for them. And now they're going to have to pay the consequences. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that I poured a celebratory drink, but as soon as the Blackhawks uh, won the shootout last night, I grabbed the top shelf stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That is great. Yeah, and you know, Ross, it's it's a great point. I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights are proof that you cannot have a team full of superstars. It never seems to work. Oh, yeah, and expect to win. Right. But I mean, to, to be successful, I probably should have finished that thought before. I, you know. That's okay. Uh, but no, that's that's a, a very good point. And, and to your point, Ross, about them being over the cap right from the right off the hop, who goes? Because some of those contracts are going to be very difficult to get rid of. And Donoff probably goes. Yeah, the Donoff probably goes. I mean, Vegas might want to check his no trade list this time. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, Riley, Riley Smith. Smith yeah, Riley Smith, Smith is probably gone. And Still, then that, see what happens after that, I guess. That doesn't that doesn't get them really where they need to be. And now suddenly they've got they've got a question mark in goal because what's the story on Robin Leonard's shoulder? That was the weirdest thing. I mean, he was ruled out and then uh you know he was back he was a I think on Sunday he was the backup to Logan Thompson. Right. Uh it reminded me of <laughs> the office scene where Michael explains that he got a vasectomy and then reverse vasectomy three times. Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> Don't say that when I'm taking a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like, what is going on here? Like you guys just, it's like, there's just no loyalty to any of their players. And it's twice in the same calendar year that they've kind of jacked around with their goalies. Yep. I thought you're, yeah. you know what? That's a great point because all of this really kind of started when they, when they did what they did to Mark Andre Fleury, yeah, absolutely, yep, yeah, you saw you saw what they had to do to just just get rid. They just got rid of him because they yeah. couldn't afford him. So now there's going to be teams that they're going to be asking for assets back for some of these players, and teams are going to be like, "No, you're giving us assets yeah. to take on those contracts." Yeah. So then, and they don't have a first round pick, I believe, these next two years. Uh, I believe one of them has like conditions tied this to it with the Buffalo trade. Yeah, it's a top ten protected pick. Yeah, yeah. So, but they're, I mean, and then they have, I think, just a second and third. They don't have a four, blah blah blah. But yeah, their their future, they foregone their whole future for now. And now, sure. the now isn't working, isn't there? It hasn't succeeded. I I saw I, in, when the t- Twitter space I hosted the other day, one of the listeners he made a perfect comparison. It was almost like the Lakers when they traded all their young talent to bring in Anthony Davis. And yeah, I won him a championship, but now look what's going on in LA with the Lakers <laughs> drama. And now it's going on with Vegas too. Yeah. So I like it if you're a Kings fan. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I will tell you that um, it would not surprise me to see Pete DeBorgo in the off season, to be perfectly honest with you. 
I'm sure he was going to take he's probably, o- he's probably over it, too. I don't blame yeah. him. So the fall guy? Yeah. yeah. So, oh, well, but, you know, here's a closing thought before we go to our commercial break. Now, that top 10 pick that they traded to Buffalo in the Eichel trade. So let's say that ends up being a number 10, and they're like, no, 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 we don't want to give that to you this year. Could you imagine, imagine for just a second, if this happens all over again next season, and that pick turns into like a number one or a number two, and like Buffalo ends up with Connor Bernard out of all this? <laughs> just a thought. Just Buffalo a thought. has Buffalo has a lot of good stuff happening brewing yeah, they over do. there. They, they have a really good team, and it's, it's good for Buffalo because with everything that's going on, they, it seems like trading Jack Eichel was – a great thing that happened for that franchise. So it's good to see for them. Don't they have, don't they, don't they being um, Buffalo and Vegas have similar record records since the Eichel trade? I believe. Yeah. I believe they're like almost dead on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, and and then Tage Thompson actually just eclipsed Jack Eichel's all time scoring, uh, scoring high with 37 goals. I believe, I think Eichel only had 36. So yeah, Buffalo I'm sure is a loving life up there. I remember yeah. he was a problem against us. You know, he's really yeah, he, stood out to me in those what two games that we played him. He's like six seven, two hundred yeah, something huge. pounds. He's huge and he skates like the wind. I mean, yeah. Quentin Byfield can even Jeez. compare to that guy with what he's been able to produce. It's going to be a great player. So, right, yeah, they have a lot of good stuff going on up there, and Rasmus Dahlin's starting to put everything into form. So, I'm liking what I'm seeing up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just think of it this way: he came over in that Ryan O'Reilly trade that everybody thought that Buffalo got fleeced on. Yeah, yeah, right. Every, everybody was making fun of Buffalo, and they're not going to be doing that much, no, much longer. Them, no, I mean they recently saw Owen Power make his debut, and I yeah. think they were four zero and one in his first five games, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have Ryan Johnson in the wings, waiting in the University of Minnesota. Brock Faber, oh, yeah, right. part, de- defensive partner. So yeah, there's a lot to like with the Buffalo Sabers. And I can tell you something right now: seeing JJ Paterka and Jack Quinn playing for the Rochester Americans, being up in New York, I've seen them play quite a bit. They got a real, real good future coming. Let me tell you something. They sure. really do. But I'll tell you what, guys. Let's get back to our LA Kings. But before we do that, let's take a quick commercial break. We're going to get a word in from our friends at the DraftKings uh, Sportsbook and also the Hockey Podcast Network. So we'll be back in just a few. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team to win, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. If someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. In Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Arizona, 1-800-522-4700. In Colorado and New Hampshire, 
888-789-7777. Visit http uh, ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-877-770-STOP-7867 in Louisiana. 887-8-HOPE-NY backslash text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 and older or 18 and older in New Hampshire and Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com backslash sportsbook for details. And welcome back, Kings fans. We're all in such a good mood here that we're being very complimentary to other teams, talking (laughs) about the teams that we love seeing. (laughs) But anyways, let's get back to our LA Kings, shall we? Because our LA Kings have got a playoff series starting next week. It just feels so good to say that, doesn't it? Just it does. Face. Mm-hmm. It really does. It's great. We are facing the Edmonton Oilers, who actually you know, kind of a traditional arch rival, really, of the team. Mm-hmm. I was going back years and years and years, even before Wayne Gretzky. You know, don't forget the, the miracle on Manchester. You know, it's just kind of like the Kings and the Oilers is intertwined. But anyways... The number two seed in the uh, Pacific Division is going to be the Edmonton Oilers. Number three is the LA Kings. So, of course, the series starts in Edmonton to be determined when exactly that day is. So, just to give you a quick overview, all right, Edmonton's going to, well, right now, we don't know because there's what, still one or two games left for each team. But right now, they've got a record of 47, 27, and 6 for 100 points. Um, they've got 278 goals scored. That's a seventh best in the league. Uh, goals allowed, 245, which is 17th. The power play is 26.1, which is third, and their penalty kill is 79.5%, which is 16th. Now, our Kings, on the other hand, are 44, 27, and 10 for 98 points. Uh, They have scored, well, this is as before last night, so bear with me, 228 goals, which is 20th in the league. They've allowed 226, which is ninth. The power power play is at 16.5%, which is 26th, and the PK is at 76.4, which is 23rd. So let's dive into this series, guys. Initial thoughts before we dig further. Special teams. Yeah. That's what this series is going to be predicated on. This The Kings have to stay out of the box. And unfortunately, last night's game, which, I mean, there's a lot of players that were kind of, I guess you can say, filling in in some roles. But, yeah, there are five penalties. Can't have that in, in a series against the Oilers because they'll tear you up. I mean, but the thing that's good with the Kings – is that they're starting in Edmonton. And we, we talked about this a couple podcasts ago, I believe, mm-hmm. of what we wanted to see, and it was the Kings to start a playoff series in Edmonton, and we got our wish. Because this season, the Kings went 2-0 and in Edmonton. Or no, they lost one in a shootout. They went 1-0-1. So that's a pretty good showing for, for an L.A. team that seems to be pretty good on the road. So if the Kings are just able to stay out of the box, I think they could play up to... Uh, Edmonton's game on five on five and if you're gonna give me a choice of picking between Jonathan Quick or Mike Smith in the playoffs I'm taking Jonathan Quick every day that's ends and why so absolutely yeah what do you think Ryan yeah I mean you kind of saw me just 
put my hands up because uh, it's exactly what I was going to say. You know, the special teams and Kings penalty kill has been much better lately. I think Scott, you said they're up to 23rd now and they were hovering around 29th mm-hmm. all season. Um, but yeah, they have to stay out of the box and really what version of Mike Smith are we going to see? Are we going to see the guy that can shut a team out two nights in a row, or is he going to fall on his face? Hopefully the latter, but um, (laughs) it'll be interesting because I believe isn't Darnell nurse likely to miss at least game one. That's a talk. Yeah. Yeah. They They just pulled up up Broberg today. Yeah, Yeah, they did. So that's where I was going with that. So, I mean, we'll see if that has any impact on just I mean, I know the Kings don't have a whole lot of playoff experience with this group outside of the the four guys, but um be interesting to see if that impacts the series at all. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, to your guys' point about Mike Smith, I mean, yeah, he's been playing actually pretty lights out for the past couple of weeks. But you know what? I've seen this Mike Smith movie before where he is, you know, world a world beater for two weeks. And then all of a sudden the, you know, the, the chariot turns into a pumpkin. And so hopefully that's what's going to happen here. Um, You know, to to that end, I think that if there is any team, at least in the West, that is built to play the Edmonton Oilers, it's the LA Kings. So you got Anze Kopitar and Phil Deneau down the middle, right? They line up better, I think, than just about anybody else in the Western Conference as far as Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl go. Look what Deneau did to Connor McDavid in last year's playoffs. Now, I know that was a year ago. I, I get all that. But to beat a team like Edmonton, you have to be extremely strong down the middle, which the Kings have obviously got that covered on the first two lines. And another advantage that nobody really talks about, and I think that the Kings do have over the Oilers, I think their bottom six is better. I think their bottom six is better. And if the Kings can neutralize that top six or even hold it in check, because it's not just you – know, everybody talks about McDavid and Dreisaitl, but – Vander Kane's been actually been playing very well for the Oilers. Yeah. He signed mm-hmm. them. I mean, there's just no getting around that, right? Um, once you get outside of that realm, if the Kings can keep those guys in check, I think the bottom six is going to be better. And a lot of that, too, is going to depend on who Todd McClellan decides to insert in the lineup, too, because, you know, the, the, that's also kind of a moving fluid situation as well. So, it's going to be extremely interesting. And I'll tell you what, if the Kings can pull this off without Drew Doughty, that is going to speak volumes mm-hmm. as to where this team is as far as emerging for seasons to come. Because that's another huge thing nobody really – I mean, it's almost been, I don't want to say forgotten, but kind of put on the back burner. Now that everybody's over the shock that Drew Doughty's not coming back this for the rest of the season, it really was a, a, a next-man-up mentality, let's move on. And I got to give the Kings credit here that they've done that very well. Yeah, that's been their mentality all season, and it was it was almost kind of weird because you you hear Drew Doughty like out for the regular season, but I mean, personally, me, I was like, eh, okay, that's a that's a loss. Obviously, it's a great player to lose, but there's been players that have stepped in and played really well mm-hmm. in these other during these injuries. So sure. You have when you can see players, young players like Jordan Spence and Sean Dursey and Jacob Overari plays plays so well, um, just kind of being inserted in the lineup out of nowhere. It's it's been a good sight to see from a King standpoint. Um, but to go back to the Oilers, yeah, I thought I think you hit it the nail on the head, Scott. It's, the Oilers are a real top heavy team. I mean, you look at their point total. You have Connor McDavid one twenty two, 
Leon Dreisaitl with 109. And then Zach Hyman has 52. So, uh, and then Evander Kane's almost been a point-per-game player since he showed up. Um, but, yeah, if you can slow those top two down, I think the Kings have a legit chance. And it's going to be maybe have to be leaned on players like Quentin Byfield and Blake Ozott to be to, those to produce for the Kings in order for them to succeed. So maybe it isn't just special teams that will be what's uh, predicated in who wins this series, but also bottom six scoring and depth scoring. That's going to be huge. But I, I think it's funny. I mentioned this the other day, too. The, the Kings don't go to the playoffs for four years, and or they finally make their return to the playoffs. And the two players that they play against are Mike Smith and Duncan Keith. <laughs> it's like, man, like we can't get away from these guys, can we? <laughs> Good memories, though. <laughs> yeah. So I got I got uh, Mike Smith's splits up right now. He won his last nine straight games, and last ten out of eleven that includes two shutouts. So, see what version we get uh, from him. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I was also going to touch on Drew Doughty. You know, poor Drew Doughty called, called, uh, called out, well, called out, called out management to make a move in the offseason. They did oh. that, and now he can't even participate in the playoffs. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. But just, you know what, though? It's a good thing he did, though. Yeah. No, it sets him up for next year for sure. Sure. Uh, there's just no guarantee that the Kings get back there, of course. No, but I'll tell you, they're on the right track. And, and you know what the best part about this meant them making the playoffs? Regardless of what happens, this is just tremendous for their young players. Definitely. To yeah. get this kind of experience. And I'm going to say something else, too. And I, I'm fully on board being a Sean Dursey believer at this point. Because, you know, when Dowdy went out, I'm, I'll, be, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm like, uh-oh, there potentially goes a season. I am 110% confident every time Sean Dursey steps on the ice now. I really am. I have that same confidence as when Drew was out there. I I, I do. I, this kid has won me over. He really has. He's and, had some defensive lapses for sure, which mm, I right. need to correct over the offseason. But, yeah, I mean, generally it's been mostly positive, especially on the offensive side of the puck. Yeah, and that's it's it's weird. I just don't get – the hate towards Sean Dursey. Like, yeah, like, you can be upset with those defensive mistakes. Like, that's been who he is. He used to have those all the time in Ontario. But this year, yeah, he's limited those in the NHL. He's still a rookie in the right. NHL, playing close to 20 minutes a game as the primary offensive producer on the blue line. Like, yeah, you can get upset at the, at the defensive lapses. I get it. But keep that same energy when he's making those aggressive – offensive plays to produce goals like the goal we saw in Philadelphia with that incredible pass to Victor Arvidsson or holding the blue line in that goal against Florida feeding it over to Martin Furk like where was the love there like let's hold off on being so angry towards Sean Dursey and talking about trading him in the offseason when you see the culture that he's almost built in LA with the goalie hugs, with fighting, with <laughs> yeah. like who, who else has been fighting on this team besides Brendan Lemieux and Sean Dursey? Right? Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. And so for a player, a rookie like that to drop the gloves and stand up for his teammates and also produce, I'll take the defensive mistakes. But give me Sean Dursey any day of the week too. Like I'll, I, I love what I've seen from Sean Dursey, 
And it'll be interesting to see the direction that the Kings go in on the right side of the defense next year, even. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if Sean Dursey is on the team again next season, and I think he should be on the team because I've had people ask me like, who would you trade, Jordan Spence or Sean Dursey? I'm like, well, Jordan Spence is signed for another three years. Yeah. It's you don't Neither. have to trade these guys like right mm-hmm. now, like keep Jordan Spence in Ontario. It's not the worst thing in the world. Like, yeah, he's not going to be getting NHL playing time, but no one expected him to be getting NHL playing time now. What's the problem with keeping him down there for a couple more years and develop his game even more? Yeah. You could probably say the same thing about Jersey though too, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. You see Jordan Spence was named to the AHL all rookie team. Yeah. Yeah. And and he spent the last 23 games in NHL. (laughs) (laughs) But no, he was down there. He was just he was dominant. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. And Russ, you're right about you know the the occasional defensive laps, of course. But here's the thing, right? The Kings were an offensively starved team, and he has helped get them over. Well, not over the hump, but at least get them enough so that they got to the playoffs. They yeah. really did. And if he didn't play as strong as he did, I I gotta believe that he's one of those guys that helped carry them in. Yeah, if Sean Dursey isn't in the, if Sean Dursey doesn't play the way he's played all season, the Kings probably aren't in the playoffs. So let's let's like Drew Doughty has been out all year, and Sean Dursey has been a good complement to his to make up for what the Kings have lost in Drew Doughty. So I I, I just I'm, I'm sorry, I just don't get the hate for Sean Dursey online. I, I hear it all the time, but yeah, uh, he's been a great player for the Kings, and I hope he stays. Well, you know, keep in mind, too, that I'm sure that the same things are being said about Drew Doughty in his rookie season. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, for a team that's been starved for offense in the blue line, this is you're, you're going to have offensive-type defensemen come in, and they're going to play offense. So if you want offense from the blue line, you can't have it all. You, right. you got to pick and choose. And you're not going to have a rookie come in and be a complete player. He's... Most rookies that come in like that are going to provide a little bit of offense, but they're going to lapse in, in, the, in the defensive zone, and that's what he's done. But he's played really well in in both in, in the offensive zone, and I think he's provided a lot of offense for the Kings. Right, exactly. All right, guys, so I'm going to play a little quick game with you here. We'll, we'll wrap up with this. Ooh, I like now, games. I, <laughs> now, I'm not going to sit here and do the whole cliche thing about predictions and stuff like that, because, of course, we all think the Kings are going to win. We can't say that they're not. Right? Of course. That's what we believe. Naturally. And I'm not going to sit here and ask you for your Stanley Cup final predictions and all that, because again, everybody else does that. What I want to know from you two, the Kings beat the Oilers in this round. What other team in the Western Conference do you want to see the Kings play? Ooh, I don't even, is, is that like already solidified? Like, is, I, I don't know. It's no, a I'm bracket, saying in right? a perfect world. Oh, in what? a perfect world. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, oof. I don't know. What other teams out there that goes, man, I'd love to get a piece of them. Give me Calgary, Scott. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning toward that way too. The Kings just don't play well against those central teams. You you look at Minnesota the last couple of years, they just seem to have the number against the Kings, and obviously Colorado. You don't really want to face them until you have to until the final the West Conference final, but I don't know. Yeah, I think I'd probably go Calgary. It seems like they're pretty familiar, obviously, with Daryl Sutter. And all the players over there, um, I think the Kings stand a good chance um, against Calgary. So I would probably pick them. Yeah, that's a, that's where I was. Even with Drew Doughty out, I mean, it was it would have been a lot of fun, Matt to Chuck versus Drew Doughty in the playoffs. But yeah, the Daryl Sutter storyline, you know, you, you can't mm-hmm. do that. And of course, 
being the only team left in the Pacific after the you know the Kings and the Oilers. Naturally, I just thought that I was just curious to see if there was anybody else that you guys really just wanted a piece of. I was thinking maybe Minnesota. One of you guys would say, just given all the history, but yeah, Minnesota's a good team. I could see them. I could see them making a serious run. You know, I don't. I think they they play Calgary in the first. No, St. Louis. Louis. Blues, yeah. That's right, St. That's Louis. Gonna be, that's going to be a hell of a mm-hmm. series. Yeah, but, you know, the Kings have played Calgary pretty well this year. Um, you know, March 31st, they won in the shootout uh, in Calgary, and then Calgary returned the favor a few days later with a 3-2 regulation win in L.A. Um, but, you know, Calgary is kind of a one-and-done chance in the offensive zone, and just with how the Kings are structured defensively and then their transition game the other way, I just think they match up really well with them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, and it, with uh, all the Kings kind of are blessed a little bit now that they're the, I guess, quote-unquote eight seed, where they're going to be pretty much starting every series that they play if they do move on on the road, which, I mean, we've seen in history that this team plays well on the road and also in the past playoff series, too, that when they've started on the road, it's it's worked out for them, so... The first game, game one, is going to be huge. I mean, yeah. and obviously, both, both teams. Yeah, and that's that's <clears throat> do that without saying. But like, yeah, it, especially for Edmonton with the amount of pressure that they're going to be having. Sure. I mean, the Kings are going into the, this playoff series with like not a real care in the world. Like, yeah, right. nobody really expecting them to be where they're at. So let's go and have some fun and get some playoff experience under our belt. Sure, but for the Oilers. If they bow out in the first round, oh yeah. my, there's going to be heads chopped off in Edmonton. So, especially with a lot game, of, especially with a lot of uh, authorized or verified people on Twitter, I don't want to call them out or whatever, saying in this game, this series is a layup for the Oilers. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be a, a lot of a lot of pissy people up in Edmonton if they lose to the Kings in the first round with all the predictions and everything. So this first game. I mean, Edmonton's going to be gripping their skits and or their sticks and knowing that the pressure's on them. So the Kings can come out, and if they can come out free and loose, I think they can have a good chance uh, taking a hold of the series and taking Game One. Yeah, so if the Oilers if the Oilers lose, they're going to have to rehire um, Dave Tippett and then just fire him again, so they have someone to blame. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> become the Billy Martin of hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question for you guys. So game one, or actually all the home games in Edmonton, should they wear those orange or blue uniforms? Edmonton? Yeah. Uh, I actually like both. I know really? a lot of people hate the all-navy blues. I actually think that they're really sharp. Yeah, I was, I was kind of a fan of the navy blues. I like the orange ones, though, too. Those are pretty cool. See, I'm just the opposite. I'd love to see them just go with the navy blues. I don't know what it is about those orange uniforms. It just drives me crazy. I, don't know. I, always, <laughs> like, I, mean, I always like the white. Yeah, it is. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm a traditionalist, but I like to see teams go back to the white jerseys at home. At home. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. There just seems that it looks so much cleaner, especially like the Kings white jerseys that they've been wearing with the chrome helmets. Oh, like, yeah. Those look those so nice sharp. and they should be wearing them at home. I'm going to tell you something. You get rid of those chrome helmets and that's the best uniform in the league. Yeah, I'm I can't. I, can't I like them. Chrome helmet. I, I, I like them. I want to get behind them so bad. I'm just like, uh, I can't. I don't know. I'm sure they'll grow on me. I'm, I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. But, I mean, it just looks like they wrapped a bunch of aluminum foil around their helmets. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. 
Just yeah, can't. and then Vegas has the gold ones too. That's yeah. like, oh, oh, right. come, so, on. come on, don't lump us in with them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's going to be fun. That's that's for mm-hmm. sure. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, closing thoughts, my friends. What do you got? I mean, you kind of said it already, Scott. But like, this this sounds terrible. But you know, going into the season, my goal or my expectation, my hope was that the Kings would make the postseason. Anything beyond that is gravy at this point. You're getting just valuable development for these kids that are going to be hopefully making the Kings perennial uh, playoff contenders going mm-hmm. forward. So whatever they, whatever experience they can get and learn, and if they can end up winning a series, you know that's just huge for this uh, group of kids. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the same exact boat as you are, Ryan. Like I expected. I didn't really expect, but I kind of hoped that the Kings would make the playoffs. And I expected them to compete. I mean, if they didn't, if they missed, that's okay. At least they've made that jump and they've made that improvement from previous years. But now that they've made it, it's like, okay, this is almost like, it's hard to say, but it's almost like the Stanley Cup for the Kings this year. This is what they, that was their goal was to make the playoffs. So it's almost like a loose feeling for the players, I'm sure. And then for fans as well, it's like, we're going into this feeling pretty good and but you know right you know when game one comes around it's going to be full clenching season i know <laughs> full oh, clenching yeah. Season. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah i mean if you think about how this team started one five and one and they ripped off seven wins and then they lost five it's just kind of like hey I, I think we uh one of our first pods early in the year was like what do we have in this team guys mm-hmm. you know <laughs> mm-hmm. but then they oh. just kind of they really just turned it on after um the flip of the calendar and here we are, you know, it could very well have a hundred points after tonight. It's wild. You know what the best part is guys. We asked the question a, a pot or two ago, if the Kings don't make the playoffs, would you still consider this a, a successful season? We don't have to answer that question anymore because <laughs> yes, it has been a successful season. Absolutely. Gotta love it. So mm-hmm. like I said, regardless what happens, this is a great thing for the team, for the franchise, for the fans, for everybody involved in Let's enjoy the ride, guys. Let's just enjoy Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It'll be a fun ride and all the way to the offseason whenever that starts. So looking Absolutely. forward to a fun summer in LA. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, the offseason. Oh, boy. Especially they're going to have a little <laughs> money to spend. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Ooh. Oh, boy. Anyways, we'll, let's save that for another episode because then I'm going to get talking about that for an hour and we don't want that. And the draft. Exactly. <laughs> well, guys, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to be waiting on the lottery this year. Yeah, what draft lottery? We don't care. Yeah. about the Oilers <laughs> that night. But uh, but anyways, this has been a lot of fun, guys, as always. Love when we get together and talk some Kings hockey. And, and of course, we're going to do it again next week. Uh, and for you, the listeners, of course, we always appreciate all your support you've given us for our pod, our website there, HockeyRoyalty.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Instagram. We're, we're all over the place. I mean, I, that's uh, neither here nor there. But <laughs> anyways, uh, and of course, thank you to our friends at the Hockey Podcast Network. So, for Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Go Kings, go.